Photo Shelter presents Vision Slightly Blurred. I'm Sarah Jacobs. And I'm Alan Murabayashi. Alan, so when I went back to Dallas last summer, I stopped at my favorite used bookstore. And lo and behold, there were a ton of old, very well-kept PDNs, Photo District News Magazines. And, you know, I didn't want to lug back like a ton to Brooklyn because they're massive and they weigh a lot. So I cherry-picked the best ones, and of course that included all the annual PDN 30s. And I am very proud that I own the 1999 PDN 30, which I believe was the inaugural year. Yeah, okay. And that was when it was still 30 under 30. So you had to be like a child to be on the list. (laughs) It was like your brain hadn't fully developed some of them. a lot has obviously changed since those days. Uh, the age restriction has is now gone. And also back then in 1999, I mean, they didn't even list your website on your little profile write-up. Now, PDN has folded, but the 30 has lived on, and Emerald, which is PDN, was PDN's parent company, has continued the tradition since 2020 with an online and somewhat interactive space that shows the 30. And this class of 30 is talented and a super diverse bunch. What did you think, Alan? I mean, I always look forward to this list. And I was I was driving uh, after lunch today thinking about why I like the list so much. Um, and it struck me that this is uh, one of the few contests or lists where there's a nomination committee, uh, a fairly large nomination committee which sends over their picks for the year to a small jury of about five people. This is a qualified, uh, curated list before it even goes to the final jury. And I think that really increases the quality of images and portfolios that we're seeing. Mm. The limitation of that is, however, of course, if your selection pool Uh, isn't diverse enough, you're still going to get kind of the same flavor. But I was looking at the names on the list, and we'll have the the list uh, on our blog at blog.photoshelter.com of both the nomination committee and the jury. I think you'll find that it's a pretty robust, large, diverse committee of people that are submitting for this. So it's it's very inspirational. Uh, I should say in 2019, when PDN30 was celebrating their 20th anniversary, we got to speak to Holly Hughes, who was the editor-in-chief at PDN, uh, at Photoville the last time any of this happened in person. So that was a real (laughs) treat to talk about uh, the evolution of PDN 30. And and now, of course, it's the 30. uh, And and great stuff. Who did you like on the list? I really like the work of Alexis Hunley. um, And she talked about being a self-taught photographer. And, you know, we've talked a lot on this show about how young photographers are learning the medium via online, learning it through YouTube, learning it through TikTok, you know, learning it through Twitter, all of that. And here is an amazing example of somebody who's done exactly that and not only created a beautiful portfolio and body of work, but has gained some really amazing clients. So hats off to Alexis. Sage East is another photographer whose work I really, really loved. Uh, She is a black female photographer, and she said in her little profile, uh, quote, I didn't really see many other people like me in this industry, and I knew it was really difficult to make an impact in it. So I'm really big on making opportunities for other models or stylists or other members of my team and giving them a platform to shine as well. She has lovely editorial style and commercial uh, work in her portfolio. The thing that I really like about this work, it's just like happy people well-dressed happy people (laughs) you know there's no no despair in her representation of 
of people and she's pr- primarily photographing black people so it's nothing like oh look at these people in the in, in you know the poor ghetto it's like people living normal lives dressing up with great photography uh, and i really i really love that her one of her quotes her key lessons is the biggest thing i've learned so far is definitely the importance of networking end quote and i really liked that she pointed that out because it really is all about networking and i know that it's like super hard to do right now since we're all remote and photo editors and art buyers are still working remotely but you know sending out those introduction emails um trying to maybe make a time for a zoom call you know that effort is noted so I dig that. Mary Gelman had some really great work that she shot at a community that's dedicated to people with genetic disorders such as Down syndrome. And she says in her profile, it took several months for the project to come together, and she wasn't sure how she could visualize that community. But as she got to know these people, she said that their disposition sort of changed, and that's when it started to be more interesting to her as a photographer, when those genetic disorders kind of faded into the background and she was just seeing them as uh, photographic subjects. Um, But really kind of touching portraits of these people with various genetic disorders, um, not typical of the way that I've seen uh, like Down syndrome people be represented before in photography. The majority of people in this year's crop are people of color. And the stories that they're covering are often reflective of their own experiences like Rosa Morton's self-documentation of her and her husband, uh, and they worked as nurses, Filipino nurses. Um, and so you get to see the trials and tribulations of going through COVID as nurses, and she's taking these very, very intimate self-portraits and portraits of her husband while they're going through this tumultuous time. It also turns out that Morton was a high school classmate of Hannah Reyes Morales, who we've talked about because of those incredible whale shark photos that she had in the New York Times a few months ago. Um, I will also note that there is a lot of representation of black experience, both in terms of portraits, in terms of sexuality, and even black cowboys. So I think we're at a point now where because the selection of photographers is truly diverse, we're really seeing a good spectrum of experience, uh, predominantly, I would say, you know, American experience. But there are photographers from all around the world that are sort of documenting things in their neighborhoods in a way that feels very, very different than, than it did 10 years ago. Absolutely. I I think there were some photographers on this list who's, who, you know, had got their dues a little later than I think they should, but yet I'm still glad that they were on the list. And that, that includes Eric Hart Jr. Who's been around for a while and shot for some amazing clients as well as John Henry. Those are two photographers I've been following for a while and I'm so happy to see them honored on this. John Henry still shooting on four by five film also like incredible to see that, that type (laughs) of photography. The quality is amazing. You know, I was looking at the list of winners from 2012 and the names on the Mm. list are still very, very impressive. Mustafa Abdul Abziz, Latoya Ruby Frazier, Andrea Geshtvang, Peter Ashley, Ryan Pfluger. So pretty amazing trajectories since they were a part of the PDN 30 10 years ago. But I will say, visually, looking at that work, and we'll have a link to that portfolio on our blog at blog.photoshelter.com, the portfolios from 10 years ago look very, very different. With the exception mm. of Latoya Ruby Frazier, there are virtually no black people represented in these mini portfolios. 
And I would argue there's a very white America aesthetic to both the editorial and commercial work that's in this crop from 2012. The quality of the work is all is high as it always is. But to me, it struck me as a pretty narrow visual representation, even though a lot of the photographers, or at least some of the photographers, were people of, of color, like P, uh, Peter Ashley. So to me, it's really cool to see the diversification, not only of the photographers, but of the subject matter that they're covering. And I think it's really notable that the 30 has evolved along with the times to get as broad a representation as possible. Absolutely. I agree. Congrats to everybody, all 30 that got listed this year. Just a few days ago, Tonga suffered a tremendous tragedy. An undersea volcano erupted, created a tsunami that reached all the way to California uh, and wreaked havoc all along uh, that, that island chain. Apparently, the volcano erupted and it severed an underwater uh, communications cable. So it's been very, very difficult to get information uh, and cell phone calls and texts out of the country. Uh, And it turns out that satellite imagery was very key in understanding the scope of the problem, at least initially. And it turns out that there were three geosynchronous weather satellites that saw this eruption and explosion. Uh, Simon Proud, a physics researcher at uh, Oxford University, tweeted an animated GIF of the three views from Korea's GK2A satellite, Japan's Himawari 8 satellite, and the U.S.'s GO-17 satellite. And it's sort of fascinating to see the slightly different angles at which they're capturing the, the explosion. And then I came across more satellite imagery that show the unprecedented disaster, kind of the before and after of this volcano that exploded. It really is stunning to try to grasp the enormity of that problem and then to see the very few cell phone videos that came out of Tonga. It's just horrifying to see the the water inundation coming in and people literally like in their cars trying to drive away as this wall of water comes towards them. What was your reaction to seeing this, the satellite imagery? Yeah, it it definitely, it gave me a better, uh, I mean better picture of what actually happened because yes, otherwise we weren't seeing a ton of footage of what was going on down there. I mean, I think the media that I was getting for the most part was what was happening on the coast of California, which obviously was extremely different um, than what was happening on the grounds of Tonga. And it's heartbreaking to see to see the images, but I think it's important so that you understand exactly what what went down. Um, I have maybe a dumb question. I So since I know that this kind of affected the coast of California, did it affect Hawaii in any way? It, You're there. Yeah, so. it did on the on the big island, uh, on the, the west side of the island uh, in the area known as Kona, uh, there was a, a small tsunami that inundated some of the coasts and uh, some local businesses had, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damage. Uh, fortunately, oh, wow. unlike mm-hmm. some bigger tsunamis that the, the island has suffered from, this was relatively mild. And I was looking at some of those California photos as well. So there were people surfing. The Mercury News from up in the Bay Area had uh, a photo package that we'll link to called The Aftermath of Tsunami in the Bay Area. Um, so people are out there surfing, but then 
surfers who weren't accustomed to these larger waves also got stranded. So there was a set of photos of, you know, emergency personnel trying to rescue people from the waves. So just a real crazy swath of uh, destruction and experience for people affected by this. Our hearts go out, obviously, to the people in Tonga. I do want to point out one other thing that has nothing to do with photography, but it was sort of fascinating to me. So one of my neighbors, former neighbors in New York, uh, he's since moved out of the building, has two consumer weather stations, one at his apartment hmm. in New York City and another one at a, a small home that he has in Tivoli, uh, New York, which is a bit upstate. And these uh, consumer weather stations have, you know, temperature and rain gauges, but they also have barometers on them. And he was able to capture the barometric dips and spikes that occurred from this pressure wave that traversed the globe 12 hours Whoa. after the eruption. Uh, and so we'll link Whoa. to that. I mean, it's pretty fascinating uh, to see how this, this kind of unfolded in all the different ways that we detected it. But, you know, uh, people in some of the news articles that we talked about, people in New Zealand uh, were saying, oh, yeah, we heard it, you know, even though that's like 2,000 wow. kilometers away. So mm. big deal. Alan, you know I love a good Twitter thread and particularly a good photo Twitter thread. And last week, writer Casper Salman pointed out a very important photo trope that has been done with male movie stars over the years, and that is throw the male movie star fully clothed into a pool. (laughs) (laughs) This led to a lot of amazing examples. He tweeted, Today I wish to pay tribute to the time-honored magazine photo shoot, Put a Hot Man in a Suit in a Pool. The more you think about it, the weirder it is. His first example is actor Andrew Garfield, um, who was photographed by Cliff Watts in a pool. And then you went on to find who photographed all these famous men in the pool. Yeah, it was a relatively easy Google search when you type in the actor name (laughs) and and append in pool. Uh, So, you know, there's Tom Holland photographed by Hubble Studio, Anthony Mackie uh, photographed by Mark Squires. Uh, Ryan Gosling, uh, photographed by Craig McDean, John Hamm, photographed by Gavin Bond, Tom Hiddleston, uh, and Army Hammer, photographed by Eric Ray Davidson. So definitely a lot of photographers that work with, you know, the GQs and Esquires of the world. Uh, And to your point, it's kind of a known trope. And it's a, you know, when you think about it, to Casper's point, it's weird. It's it's weird. It it definitely is weird. And it's because it's like, it's not attractive really I mean maybe to like preteens and teenagers I can see that being like you put that up on your wall but like it's more hot if the dude is just next to the pool and like lounging (laughs) by the pool why does he need to be fully clothed in the pool I don't I don't understand this reminds me of the photo trope woman alone eating salad which we talked about on one of like our first episodes ever a very similar, just kind of random, why are photographers making people do this same scenario over and over again? It's weird that we'll put the women in bikinis or, you know, yeah. one-piece swimsuits, but the men are rarely wearing just a swimsuit in the pool. Uh, obviously, there's, right. you know, tight t-shirts and guys pulling their t-shirts off, but it is a strange, strange uh, trope that's going on. I got curious, and so I went to iStock Photo. And I typed in businessman in suit. Um, And I guess I was surprised, not so surprised, that there are hundreds, if not thousands of photos filled with photos from this, dare I say, genre, man in pool. 
What? Oh, God. Even in, oh, even in the stock photo world. See? Oh, goodness. See, no, but I, I, I do think there's a distinction. You know, for the movie stars, when they're photographed in a suit in the pool, I think it's a bit of a, a rebel move. You know, they're, they're, they're kind of saying, okay. I'm wearing, uh, you know, an expensive Prada suit that costs $5,000, you know, and I'm wearing it in a pool. And clearly when you wear yeah. like a wool suit in a pool, you can never use it again because the threads are going to shrink in the chlorine and all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of a FU to the establishment in, in, in some ways. The stock photos that I looked at on iStock, which I assume are similar at all the other websites, it seemed more like the guy was fed up with life. So he was just dumping himself into a pool. <laughs> yeah. And instead of wearing Prada, he's wearing like men's wear. Exactly. So. <laughs> not as fitted, <laughs> not as cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Who will, who will be next to be thrown into a pool in a suit? Can't wait to add on to this thread. Can't wait. And also, you know, I like a, I like a woman in a nice suit. So let's throw women in suits and, and pools as well. Maybe that can be a new thing for 2022. <laughs> The, like you know, that. the big I like that. roaring 20s that they talked about that was going to happen last year that never happened because of oh Omicron. Oh, Lord. Yeah, it's not happening. Not happening yet. And finally, today, we came across an article or a series of articles that was talking about Kanye West, who I guess legal is now known as Ye. And he was out and about in New York City documenting his date with the actress Julia Fox and apparently had a, quote, personal photographer with him. Now, for those gay fans out there, you might know that he previously collaborated with music video director Nabil Elderkin to document his life. So in some ways, it's not that surprising that he went out on a date and he had a photographer with him. Yeah, no, definitely not not super surprising. Um, some of the speculation and the predictions are that he's going to have a book come out, you know, like about his life with photos. And that definitely reminded me of Kim's Selfish book, Great. which was just a series of selfies. Great title. That she Very had punny. taken. Yeah. <laughs> And, and yes, we've talked about that book and that we appreciate the title and the pun. Um, you know, and we've also talked about other celebrities that are possibly doing this, such as Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck, Benifer, when they first got back together in early 2021, it looked like they were hiring photographers to photograph their dates. Fans were speculating that they were recreating their old music video from way back in the day. I don't know if whatever happened with that. Mm. We should do a follow yeah, up on yeah. that. Um, so it, it makes sense, you know, that Kanye would have his own photographer doing this, you know? And it turns out Kanye has a three-part documentary coming out on Netflix in February. So maybe this is all culminating towards that documentary plus merch. Got to have merch. Yeah, totally. Totally. And then in, in further research, <laughs> Julia... Fox wrote a piece that was published in an interview all about her dates with Kanye and what it was like to meet him. And some photos ran there by photographer Kevin Leva. So that could have been the photographer that was with them as well. We don't know. We don't know for don't sure. Know. I will say I looked up this guy, Kevin Leva. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm not convinced that he's really a professional photographer. It says, you know, oh. director, music video director. And then I went to his YouTube page and nothing of note, like pretty low quality. So maybe he was just a guy that Kanye knew who had a camera at the time. And you know, when you look at the photos, not very good photos. No. Mm -mm. 
They're not. They're not. Um, interesting. Oh, I didn't Google him, but I will now. Yeah, the photos are like, they're just whatever. I mean, I don't, I think he understands white balance. I mean, yeah, it's just. <laughs> Interview did have a companion piece uh, to Julia Fox's article that Ye suggested they title it as Fox News because of Julia Fox, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, so I guess Ye has a little sense of uh, humor there. And obviously he's good with words because he's a, he's a great freestyle rapper. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Beyonce always has a photographer with her. Shouldn't right. Ye always have a photographer with him? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Julia Fox starred as Adam Sandler's love interest in Uncut Gems. I thought she did a fantastic job. She's also gone on record to say that she's a bit of a fame whore and dates people for access and their money, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. So it seems to me that both parties here, Julia and Kanye, are interested in cultivating a visual persona and also controlling how those images are released to the public. There was some speculation that Ye was putting this stuff out there to make uh, Kim Kardashian jealous. Because she's been out mm. and about with Pete Davidson. So, so who knows? I mean, who knows? <laughs> I mean, I think Kanye and Julia Fox are like a match made in heaven. So we'll see if it lasts or if this was just for the camera for an interview. You know what I mean? It, it is. I guess it's not that weird. But, you know, as just normal everyday people that we are, it's weird that people go through life as a performance. You know, mm -hmm. going to, mm -hmm. for example, they went they went to Slave Play, which is a hot play about interracial couples uh, written by Jeremy O'Harris. Um, so they went to Slave Play after they got off a, a jet from Miami and they talked with the uh, cast and the crew and Jeremy. Then they went to Carbone, which is a very famous Italian restaurant. Um, and in between those things, Ye went to a hotel room where he had, you know, chests full of clothing for, for uh, Julia to try on before they went out. And the, the photographer is there to document this all, and then it gets all leaked out onto Interview Magazine. Uh, it seems like a very artificial way to live your life, but I guess when you're in the public eye as somebody famous, that's what you have to do to sort of maintain interest and longevity in in the industry. If that's the case, absolutely not interested. I'm not interested. Personally, <laughs> for them, great. Me, not so much. Nobody wants to look at photos of me. Right, exactly. I just want to know who was taking their picture. Otherwise, More to the point. I don't, who was taking I don't. the photos? Yeah. Who's taking the photos? Otherwise, I don't super care. But, Fair yeah. enough. And with that, we want to remind you that all of the things that we talked about today, you can find links on our blog at blog.photoshelter.com. While you're here, why don't you hit that subscribe button? You can always leave us a comment or a rating. It really helps us expand our audience. If you have any ideas that you think we should be talking about, you can tweet at us at photoshelter. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. PhotoShelter is the online leader for photography websites and workflow tools. Archive, distribute, and sell your photos in a mobile-friendly, responsive website. Try one free for 14 days at photoshelter.com slash podcast. Then download one of our free educational guides at photoshelter.com slash resources.